Publisher Podcast, episode 116. Well, hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Sarah Letourneau all about showing versus telling, when you should show, when you should tell, all of those things. You'll learn all about Sarah in the upcoming episode and her work as an editor and book coach through her company, Heart of the Story. But before we get into the episode, I just want to remind everyone that tickets to the Women in Publishing Summit, which will be March 6th through 9th, are on sale on pre-order. If you're listening to this when the episode comes out on January 10th, 2024, it is important to note that early bird pricing is going to increase by $50 as of January 16th. So if you want to join us, grab your ticket now at womeninpublishingsummit.com and save $100 off the full retail price of the conference. We are going to have a blast. We have such a great lineup and so many wonderful workshops and people who will be attending, including Sarah herself. So it is completely virtual. We'll be attending online and everything is recorded. You'll have access for the full year of 2024. So join us now. Grab your ticket at womeninpublishingsummit.com. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your everyone welcome back to another episode of the publisher podcast i'm alexa bigwarf host of the podcast and today i am really pleased to bring you sarah letourneau is the book editor writing coach and workshop instructor at heart of the story editorial and coaching services she works with authors and writers to help them develop the skills knowledge and confidence they need so they can finish their manuscripts polish them for publication, and stay focused and motivated as they reach for their writing goals and embrace their creativity. Sarah is also an award-winning poet and the co-founder of the Pour Me a Poem Open Mic in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Her debut poetry collection, Wild Gardens, will be published by Kelsey Books in 2024. You know, that's really awesome uh, that you speak to the poetry side as well as the general editing because we always have the wonderful poets that show up in our community and say, when are you going to have someone come talk to us about poetry. <laughs> so congratulations on your new book. Thank you very much. Um, it's, it's still sinking in. Um, you know, I think I'm, it's still because I think it's because I'm at that stage where I'm now waiting for the production side to begin. Um, and that's not going to be until June. Um, but when that does happen, then I'll get to see the cover art um, and the first not proof, but the first laid out version of the manuscript. And last I knew, I think the book should be out by late August or sometime September of next year. That is so exciting. And I just, I love it when our providers in the community are also authors because you know and feel the excitement of all those things, like seeing Mm -hmm. the cover and seeing the print proof and all of those Mm -hmm. fun things. Yeah. And those are all things that I'm going, that I'm planning to share as time goes on on social media and also through my email list. In fact, my email list will get the first glance at all of that. Oh, fun. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how all of that unfolds over the next several months. 
Oh, that's so great. Well, congratulations again. We are not talking about poetry today, though. We are talking about the whole idea of showing versus telling. And it's really interesting. Right before um, we started recording, I said, okay, so we're talking about showing, not telling today. And, and Sarah piped in and said, well, actually, there's sometimes when you should tell instead of show. So I guess let's start off with, first of all, for our newest authors, they may not have heard this expression yet, show, don't tell. Um, if you've been around in the writing world for a while, I'm sure you hear this all the time. But can you just first give us an overview of what it means when an editor tells you you need to show, not tell? So show, let's, I'll break down first the two parts of that. Showing is all about description. And yes, that can be describing a character's physical appearance or what the setting in a particular scene looks like, but it's also talking about a character's actions and movements. It's also talking about sensory details. Basically, showing is a way of writing that allows the reader to experience what is happening in the story and to help them feel immersed in the scene. So as if they kind of feel like they're there. And so they also feel connected with the characters for that reason. Um, telling, on the other hand, is more like summarizing. So it's not about details. It's more about explanation or facts. Um, even the little mundane de uh, information as well. Um, and so telling is different from showing because showing, because of all the detail, has a slightly slower pacing. And so when it comes to telling, the pacing tends to be a little bit faster and it's written in a way to help the story move forward and to help maintain a steady pacing, especially when nothing really exciting is happening in the story. Yeah, there's sometimes you just need to tell what happened without having to go into all the details. This mm -hmm. is one of those things that when I first started the transition from uh, being a, a completely a nonfiction writer to becoming a fiction writer was really challenging for me because in nonfiction, uh, now creative nonfiction, that you, you do more of it, but in the type of nonfiction that I was writing, more prescriptive type stuff, it's mm -hmm. literally just all telling because you're just, you're, you're giving information and sometimes you add in a story or something like that so this was super challenging for me mm -hmm. and it's it it sounds easy you're like oh that's so obvious we're just going to give some more details but then you get down to actually do it and you're like I have no idea what I'm doing it's so much easier to just mm -hmm. say she got up in the morning and she put on her clothes and then she went to the store and then she did the whatever and the whatever and sometimes those are the details you just tell mm -hmm. but for the reader to really be in that experience with us mm -hmm. You need more of those details. What she's seeing, how does she feel? Is are her are her is the floor cold when she gets you know puts her feet on the cold floor out of the bed? So can you give some examples of how people can take things that would be um, a traditional like scene that they 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 would get caught up in just telling and how you make it mm -hmm. more of a showing event? Um. Well, the first thing the writer can do is. So think about, especially if they're writing fiction, um, think about what the character is seeing or experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, so like if just to go on to the example that um, Alexa was using, if they go into the grocery store, what does this particular character notice while they're shopping? 
What do they go shopping for? Why are they shopping for these things? Um, what do they smell when they're in the grocery store? Because you can smell all kinds of things at a grocery store. Um, and so things like that. It's not just about, again, it's not just about what they're seeing, but also the other senses. So again, not just the smelling, like I mentioned, but also like, is it winter time? And they the character had to grab one of the carriages from outside and they're still wearing their gloves because the metal of the carriage is still cold. Mm -hmm. um, so it's things like that. Um, another thing that I consider to be part of showing and telling is, and I mention this because this is a thing I sometimes see with my authors, um, is sometimes they summer, if a character is sharing something important through dialogue always show the dialogue by writing it out rather than summarizing what the character says um and the reason for that it's a different angle of showing and telling than what i was just saying a moment ago but when you show a character's dialogue when you actually write out what they are saying rather than summarizing it not only are you sharing important information that's key to the story, but you're also sharing something about the character that's speaking. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes the very words or the tone of voice that they use um, says a lot about who they are. And that can't really be captured as well when you are summarizing or telling the reader what the person said as opposed to writing out the dialogue itself. Mm -hmm. um, and one other one, um, one other important time for showing is the first time a character go visits a very important setting in the book. Mm. And you know how when we, when any of us, and maybe you've done the same thing too, Alexa, the first time you go someplace, you kind of can't help but look at your surroundings because you've never been there before. And so you sort of take a moment to absorb what you see and you know like again what you smell or the sounds that you hear there um and the same thing happens in instances like that in a story if the protagonist visits a very important setting even if it's the grocery store because maybe they meet someone really important at the grocery store you would take that very first time that the character visits the grocery store in the story to just write a little bit about what the character sees or notices about the interior of that grocery store or maybe the exterior like if it's winter time and it's christmas and there are christmas decorations outside so it's things like that that help the reader to be almost feel like they're become they're becoming part of the story they can see the setting they can all hear what's happening and that's what happens when showing is done effectively and those are three times when it really helps to do that it always 
I like to give calculus as an example because um, when I was in college, I don't know why I took calculus. I didn't need it. It was I got a bad grade in it. I should have never taken it. But I always use this example when I'm explaining things like this, where when I hear someone describe something, it makes perfect sense. But when I go to apply, it's really more challenging. It's like in calculus, like he would list out all these formulas and work through them. And I'm sitting in class and I'm like, that totally makes sense. I see how he gets from A to Z. And then we'd have a test and he'd give the the the, the test question. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how to do step two, three, and four. And sometimes I felt like there was might be something wrong with my mental processing because I'm like, why is this so hard for me? But I do really struggle with even when going to the grocery store, not slipping into that. I have, it's funny that we use grocery store because I have a really important scene in my rom-com that takes place in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is these, these two friends are shopping together. And one of them is having a meltdown basically about her broken heart and they're in the grocery store. So it's like, how do you use the environment to help them in there? So we talk about like the smelly cheeses there in France and, you know, picking out the wine bottles and the expression oh. that other other grocery shoppers were giving them as they're doing their silly little things as she's like crying and having this meltdown. But it's so easy for me to slide back into that just pure, like just describing what's happening but in telling way where there are Mm -hmm. no emotions in there so Mm -hmm. how do you have advice on like when you find yourself slipping into a place where as you're rereading what you're you've written and you can see it in the writing it's like and then she did this and then she did this and then this person said this and then this person said this how you can if if showing is difficult for you how you can bring those other things into it to make it just better (laughs) yeah no absolutely um so the key it there are a couple of keys first if you notice that it feels like the story's moving too quickly like if it feels like it's rushing um that's one sign that the passage could benefit from showing because as I mentioned earlier, showing slows down the pacing a little bit, whereas telling sort of speeds it up. Mm -hmm. So um, pay attention to that. Another thing you can do is um, sometimes if you have, and this is if you have trouble tell, you know, determining what's how much on the page is showing and how much is telling. You can always take two different colored highlighters and one can represent telling, the other can represent showing. And so whenever you see that you are showing or telling, you would use the respective highlighter, whether it's doing showing in yellow and telling in orange, let's say. And then you find afterward that there's a lot of orange on the page. Mm I would also look at those areas because then that's signaling to you through the color coding that there may be too much telling. And then when you really get into it, um, the question to ask yourself is, how can I expand on this? You know, if, if my character is in this scene, what are they doing at this moment besides speaking? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, again, what what does the place look like, or what does what details would my character notice that would be important to share here? 
Yeah. And really doing the things that I think help like create the emotions of mm-hmm. too. I think to mm-hmm. me, that's the biggest thing. Like yeah. Telling there's no emotional, it's just like mm-hmm. a list. Yeah. And, the, and that's the funny thing about emotion is when you are in showing, um, how the character feels may also impact how the description is written because they may be if they go to a grocery store one there and then and they're in a really good mood they may notice other things that make them feel differently about the grocery store than say if they went there when they were in an absolutely awful mood right um you know like your two characters you were talking about um alexa both of them may depending on who's the point of view character each one may feel a little bit differently Mm. and so it is also important to ask yourself, what is my character feeling? How do they feel right now? And how does that influence the details that are shared through showing? Like, does that impact what they notice or how they respond to um, the different sensory items in the setting? Yeah. I, I sat in on a session one time when I was first starting to learn how to do this and I'll, I'll never forget. She gave some really good tips too. And that, that I've, that have always stuck with me. Like sometimes it's about the emotions and the descriptions, but she was like, mm-hmm. you can also show through, um, their bodily, their actions. Like, what are they mm-hmm. doing? Like she was talking about a woman who was thinking about cheating on her husband. And so as she's describing her, she said the whole time she was talking, the woman was twisting her wedding ring the whole mm-hmm. time she was talking to this. So those yeah. little things that like build mm-hmm. that like yep. angst around the mm-hmm. situation. I was like, that's such a great idea because it, I, I never think about that kind of stuff. Like what are they physically doing? That yeah. Into it? yeah. Because the physical, because those little actions that they're doing as they're talking say a lot about how they're feeling Mm -hmm. and so just to come back to a tip if you are writing dialogue and you find that you just do all dialogue um it's important every now and then to sort of break up the dialogue by including a sentence sort of like what Alexa was just talking about, you know, what is the character doing mm-hmm. um, while they are speaking? And it could be, I don't want to say a pointless action, but sometimes, you know, let's say it's about, let's say it's a phone conversation that's being shown. And sometimes you want to, you may want to mention what the protagonist, the point of view character is doing while they're on the phone or how they're holding the phone. Um, But especially those little things that indicate how the character that's who's speaking may be feeling at that moment. Again, twisting of the ring or holding their head in their hands Mm -hmm. because, oh my goodness. Um, Or it could even be as simple as taking a very tentative sip of coffee, maybe because they're hesitating or putting trying to put off what it is that they are going to tell the other character so it's yeah it all those things that it does require thought and practice but um if you and once you do put in the practice that those elements are going to help are going to help bring your story to life even more than with just telling 
That's, it's funny that you went right into that because my next question was going to be, why is this so hard and how do we practice it? <laughs> so we know why it's hard because it's not the natural, like description is, unless you're just a natural born storyteller where you've mm-hmm. met those people who just tell you all the details and you can see yourself in there. Like it does mm-hmm. take practice. How it, do we practice it? You just do. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, it is one of, it's, I think the, the pointers that I shared a moment ago when it comes to identifying when you're doing too much telling and how you can mm-hmm. incorporate more showing, um, doing that kind of exercise can help. Um, I wouldn't worry about trying to balance showing and telling too much when you're writing a first draft only because then that's one of those things that you can get so easily hung up on while you're first drafting and it can cause the drafting to take longer than it really needs to. So when you're actually, so I would say, wait until you're revising. Don't worry about it when you're doing the first draft, but as you're revising, Doing that kind of exercise can help you identify the areas where you need to do more showing or in some instances when you're maybe doing too much showing because I also see that as well. Yeah. And when it, and so in those instances when it may be helpful to think about how you can not just cut stuff out, but maybe condense it so that you're telling rather than showing. Yeah, so that was going to be my next question to you. You you mentioned this in the very beginning that some you need a balance of both, and sometimes it's better to tell than show. So, what are some times that show telling is the best option? Telling is the best option when you're sharing, first of all, background information about a character, about a place, um, or even historical information about a setting or something that may have happened before the story takes place. Um, Sometimes writers can go into too much depth about this, and that can lead to another term that um, writers some you know can often hear info dumping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you are, you know, again, when you are revising this draft and you're doing that exercise of highlighting what's showing and what's telling, and if you get to an area where you're sharing information about, um, one of the supporting characters or an important setting that's not description related, but rather um, information that the character may or the narrator may know about this person or this place. If you find that there ends that there's a lot of telling um, or not, excuse me, there's a lot of showing in terms of sharing that inf- background information. That's one of the areas where it's good to think about, okay, what is most important for the the reader to know about this character, this place, or so on right now? Yeah. Can any of this be saved for later? And can any of it be condensed into telling? And also what can be taken out? Yeah. Um, another time is when something happens off the page that the protagonist protagonist does not participate in but finds out about later on maybe it's conveyed to them uh through dialogue by another character um either way because the care the the protagonist was not present for that and also because it didn't happen on the page it happened off the page 
that's often another time to use telling because how can the care how can the narrator or the protagonist possibly put in those sensory details or other things that would be included in showing when they weren't there mm-hmm. um and another time again if you're doing this exercise that um alexa and i have been talking about with the highlighters and you find that there is too much showing it's that's another time it doesn't really matter what the showing may be about. Sometimes it's good to just revert back to telling because the pacing yeah. may be affected. The pacing may be slowing down too much because of all the detail. And also detail, when there's a lot of it, can be very mentally taxing on the writer, uh, mm-hmm. on the reader. Yeah. Um, because it just requires more focus from them. And if there's too much of it, that's when it can feel like the story's getting bogged down by all the detail. <laughs> and so in instances like this, where there's too much detail and it's affecting the pacing and also affecting how the reader feels about the story, because they may start to be losing interest in the story at this point. This is another point when it's really important to see how you can summarize some of what's happening and turn it into telling because that will help to even out the pacing a little bit more Mm -hmm. and it also won't be as mentally taxing on the reader yeah moving the story forward so if this is a topic that you struggle with dear listeners um sarah you work with authors can you want to tell about the capacities that you work with them, what kind of services you offer? Sure. So I am a book coach. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching to help writers with their writing. So if you, it doesn't matter if you are in the middle of a manuscript and you know you need help with craft elements or holding yourself accountable because it's taken you two years to write the first 30,000 words. <laughs> um or if you're right at the beginning of a project. So um, I actually get quite a few brand new authors who have these ideas, but they don't really know how to get started on it. And the idea of starting a book on their own feels very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and so any of those scenarios, I meet the authors where they are at, um, Talk. we talk about their project and what their needs are. And then the coaching is customized to that project and to their needs. Um, So if they're in the middle of revising a manuscript and they want some feed, you know, feedback on a short excerpt, like a couple pages to see if they're nailing elements like showing or telling, um, I can do that. If they need the accountability or if they need help with craft, if they, anything that has to do with the writing side, that's what I'm there. That's what I can help through the co- with through the coaching. I'm also a book editor, um, and in both the editing and the coaching, I focus. I do work in both nonfiction and fiction. Um, in fiction, I work in speculative fiction, YA fiction, literary fiction, um, primarily, and then in nonfiction, memoir, 
creative nonfiction, self-help books, or prescriptive nonfiction as well. Um, so yeah, if you need a man, if you have a manuscript that you're looking for big picture feedback on, or you know you um, you need someone to look at punctuation, spelling, grammar, making sure that there are no errors in the prose and that everything reads smoothly. Those are all things that, you know, I can help with that as well. Awesome. So Sarah is one of our um, bronze sponsors for the 2024 Women in Publishing Summit. And um, she's got a special offer for our community. First of all, thank you so much for sponsoring because the sponsorships help us keep the price of the conference low. It helps us keep programming going every single month. We'll be doing another webinar with Sarah in the summer of 2024. Topic to be determined, but I don't know. Maybe we should dig into some poetry for our poetry folks. <laughs> I would <laughs> love I would love to do that if that is something. If in fact, if that if anybody, if any poets who are listening to this podcast come to the Women in Publishing Summit um, in 2024 and you want a poetry webinar, please let me know. I would be happy to take that request and um, put, uh, put together something that's very special for you. We will definitely poll the community on that because we get that question we don't have a lot of poets, but I think mm -hmm. there's a growing number of them. I mean, even one of our um, community members who's written two romantic suspenses just published a poetry book. So I think there's maybe more poets lurking in our community than we realize. So that mm -hmm. would be really cool. But Absolutely. if you go to womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash heart of story, that will direct you over to Sarah's page. And you want to tell them what, what you have for them over there? Yeah. So my... Um... My sponsor offer for the 2024 summit is a one free 45 minute uh, coaching call. So all the things we talked about earlier, if you would like a little bit of feedback on a short excerpt of your work in progress, um, or if you need help with brainstorming, um, or you want to do a craft talk, it's pretty open. I have, what else have we talked about? I've looked at people's query letters. I have... Um, and now I'm drawing a blank on the rest of them. It's it's <laughs> a pretty, <laughs> a lot of things. Or even if it's talking about, or even if it's developing a better understanding of the genre that you're writing in or your target audience and the things to keep in mind as you are writing to those particular things. Those are, as I said, it's very open-ended um, in terms of what we can do. It's all a matter of meeting you where you are at right now and then giving you the guidance and support that you need. Well, I think that's fantastic. So make sure if you have been listening to this and feel like Sarah is the person you want to learn more from, um, head over to womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash heart of story. Otherwise, you are all over the place on in terms of social media, website, all that stuff. You want to tell people where they can go to follow you. Sure. So um, my website is heartofthestoryeditorial.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Unfortunately, the handle for each one of those is different for various <laughs> reasons. Um, but thing. honestly, honestly, if you Google, if you if you put in for the search, Sarah Letourneau, um, last name spelled L-E-T-O-U-R-N-E-A-U, or heart of the story in the search for any of those three social media, you should find me. 
Awesome. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate all of your tips on on moving through what I think is one of the biggest challenges for new writers, really, when it comes into creating those books that people just get lost in. It really is understanding how to show very well. And like you said, understanding the balance between showing and telling to keep the pacing right. But Mm -hmm. this has been a great conversation. And again, I just want to thank you for sponsoring our conference and for being a great part of our community. And uh, we look forward to your upcoming webinar in the summer as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alexa. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. You don't have to give me your heart. You don't have to give it away. You don't Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.